Hi, welcome back. It's Nikita and I'm back with another episode um, on the podcast. It's my second one and this one is entitled, Do You Know Your Worth? It almost sounds like a, do you know the mockingbird? I think that's how it goes. But do you know your worth, right? Do you really know your worth? And I really think it's um, it's very, 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 very important to know your worth. Um, and not just in relationships, male and female, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband and wife, but also your work relationships and friendships um knowing your worth really sets the standard um for how we allow others to to treat us and i think uh knowing your worth and having them written down and clearly defined it helps us determine what we will or won't settle for very similar to uh your want to accomplish something in the future you write down your goals and you clearly set dates and times when you're going to have this accomplished and when you're going to have this accomplished with the ultimate goal of you know reaching that you know main goal that main focus but if you don't write it down if you don't know they're not clearly defined it's very likely that you <laughs> will end up settling and not doing anything at all. Or you kind of lose your way. Uh, You get thrown off. um, Or you just end up not doing anything, period. So (laughs) it's it's important to know your worth and and where you stand. And uh, I just wanted to to touch on this because um, I always like to start off when I start, you know, talking about a topic, I like to share my personal experience. That way, you know that it, I'm just not coming out of the blue with something. And even if I were just coming out of the blue with something, it would be something that the Lord really put on me to share. Um, but I think, you know, it's so much better when... The person who's, you know, encouraging you has actually experienced, has actually experienced the thing that she's talking about, he's talking about, because they know the emotions and the pain and the the feelings that went along with their transition throughout that experience. So um, that's what I like to share. That's what I want you guys to to feel again sincerity truth and experience because we're open right we're just gonna talk about these things because the goal is to get better (laughs) the goal is to look at ourselves in the mirror and you know get better become better people in general not just for ourselves but for other people so we can shine that light brightly you know so um (laughs) I'm really big on worth uh, and my standards. I actually have them written down. My standards are written down and I, they're on my wall, just like my other goals. 
wrote it down on a piece of paper and I, I hang them up. I see it. I see them every day. Um, but mostly when it comes to relationships, um, I know exactly what I want and I won't settle for less. And of course, there's a tolerance level there. Um, there are some things you may encounter in, with a guy and you'll be like, or or with any other person, it doesn't really matter. Uh, and, and you encounter an experience and you're like, hmm, is this something that I'm willing to settle for? Is this something that I'm okay with? And that's the power of choice, right? Sometimes we neglect the fact that we have the ability to choose um, what we will or won't settle for. But anyways, um, it took me, <laughs> it took me a while, a long while for me to recognize my worth. Um, and I hate to say this, but you know, uh, people tend to look at the exterior of a person and expect that they just have that right to have that standard or they have that right to expect certain things. And that's that's just not the truth. Um, and I say that because, yeah, I don't want this to come across, but sometimes you'll see a woman who, or a male who's not so attractive, right? And you say, well, how does he get a man like that or a girl like that who, you know, has all of this stuff and they has money and they do all these things and it's not so much about their looks it's about what that person chooses to settle for or not you know where your standards lie and uh and I granted some of the the people they may have insecurity issues self-esteem issues but ultimately they have standards and <laughs> they have standards for themselves. And when you, you have standards, you know what you will or won't settle for. But um, over time I've developed myself and I know exactly what I'm worth and I, I set my standards and I won't, I won't falter or waver from them. But um so a little bit about my history. So um, first and foremost, uh, I would say from like from a kid up until let's say fifth grade, I was I really felt myself, you know, like I was really into myself. And I can remember an instance where um, I just know that I just knew that I was all that from that time period because, you know, I had guys, kids trying to talk to me and things like that. And I can remember I had boys calling the house and my dad was like, didn't I tell you not to um, have boys calling here? And I'll never forget the guy's name. His name was Colin. <laughs> but I, I felt like looking back, I felt like I probably would have been fast. Okay, <laughs> but I just thank God. But anyway, so um, when I got into the fifth grade, it just my mom and dad had purchased a beautiful home and we started a new school. And my mom told me to to go and clean the bathroom. So I did. I did it. But I was in there playing. Right. And I was, I poured some cleaning solution on the ground, on the floor, uh, the tile in the bathroom, and I was spinning around on it, right? So 
definitely dangerous. <laughs> you don't want to do that, but that's what I was doing. And I was spinning around, you know, playing. I was supposed to be cleaning up the bathroom and I ended up falling, right? I fell and I chipped my tooth. And from that day on, I developed very low self-esteem, okay? Because you're this kid who you knew you were all of that, right? I knew I was all of that. And I had very high self-esteem before this incident. And um, I I was crushed. I didn't want to smile. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to be noticed. It, it was a horrible experience for me. <laughs> um, my self-esteem was shot. And... Um, I just didn't think that I was beautiful. Um, and of course, you know what comes along with low self-esteem. I, I just didn't like myself. So I did everything I possibly could to not be noticed. Um, I stayed in the house a lot. Um, and then when I was around the eighth grade, I got into the eighth grade, uh, my parents got my tooth fixed. But of course, the damage has already been done from the fifth to the eighth grade. I've already been picked on. I've already laughed at. You know, you know how, you know how bullies are, and um, I don't want to cry, but <laughs> it was just a um, a trying time. You know, not really loving yourself. You know, not liking yourself, and then going through middle school. And, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't easy. So even when I got my, my tooth fixed, um, I still mentally, I was still that insecure person in that went on into high school. Okay. So into high school from like the ninth to the 10th grade, maybe I was still struggling with low self-esteem um, I was always in the house. I was always working and I just didn't want to be noticed. And I didn't think that people liked me. I didn't, <laughs> um, I, I always had a great personality, a very outgoing personality, but I was just always in the house. But, you know, when I would be out, you know, I, that my, my personality would show, but mentally, I still didn't like myself. I didn't love myself. And then here we go to the, my senior year. And um, my senior year. And um, I'll never forget it was Thanksgiving. And I put on some heels. My first time wearing heels. Um, and it was it was Thanksgiving of my um, sophomore year. You know, I was a junior. Yeah, I was a junior. Yeah. And um, it was Thanksgiving and I wore some heels and I had some makeup on. And I kind of got a glimpse of myself and I realized that my exterior <laughs> was really cute. But mentally, again, um, I still had the symptoms of low self-esteem. But from that day on, I started to dress up the exterior. So I was no longer wearing the baggy pants, the huge sweaters and, you know, going to lunch or spending lunch in the library. I, I was putting 
putting myself out there and I started, I sing. So I started singing publicly in front of people and um, I was starting to come out of my shell and I continued to come out of my shell um, up until college and um, I found myself in the church. So I started going to church with my auntie whom I'm just so grateful for. Um, started going to church and you know, I when I'm in a church, I'm in a church. Um, I used to go to church. Mind you, I'm like in my 20s, my early 20s, like 20, 20, 21. And I'm going to church like every other day. Like I'm on the dance team. I'm on the praise team. I have Bible study. And then we have church. So I'm there like every other day. And granted, I loved it. But at the same time, they don't have much... They didn't have anything for a 20-year-old to enjoy life. So it's I, I got to the point where I was like, I haven't experienced life. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I haven't experienced life. This is this is boring, you know. <laughs> I was like, I don't have a testimony. I don't. You know, there are people in here talking about they've been delivered from diseases. They've been delivered from alcoholism and drugs. And I'm like, well, I haven't. I've never gone through anything. So I can't relate to that. I was yearning for an experience. And let me tell y'all, don't do that. (laughs) Because you will surely go through something that will give you that experience. We really have to be careful about uh, our emotions and what we're thinking and what we're really asking for or subconsciously yearning for because you will definitely get it. You will experience it. So just wanted to throw that in there. But I met this guy and um, I met this guy and... um, you know, it was great. It was great in the beginning, right? And, um, of course, later on, found out he was cheating and I stayed. I w- we would break up and I would stay. We would break up and I would stay. And he was still cheating. And I allowed this man to to break me, to break me down to where... I was comparing myself to other women because I I couldn't understand why he wouldn't want me when I was this good girl. You know, I was in my, I was what, 22? Um, I was a good girl. You know, I I don't cheat. I'm not a liar. I'm very honest. Um, I believe that I treated him and gave him everything that a man, you know, would want. And I couldn't understand for the life of me why this man wouldn't want me. But, you know, that wasn't an issue. That wasn't something that was wrong with me. He had a character issue. And I was young. I didn't I didn't know that. And I stayed with this man. Um, and it's funny because uh, the day that I really broke it off and I was getting ready to move to a different city, I found out that I was pregnant. So I ended up staying home 
And of course, I never wanted to be a, a single mom. I never in my life thought that I would be a single mom or wanted to be a single mom. So of course, I wanted to make it work with my son's father. And, you know, I took him back and cheated again, lied again, cheated again, and lied again. And then I just found myself in a triangle between me, another woman, and, and him. And um, I'll never forget the day I, I knew it was over when uh, we got back together and he was still cheating. And I put him out, of course, because, you know, if I know that you're cheating, you can't stay with me. You have to go. But um, he had to go and he left a bag. He left a bag underneath my bed. And um, of course, (laughs) I'm going to go through it. That's what I do. Uh, (laughs) That's what I did. Uh, And uh, I found out that he was actually married. He was actually married and he didn't tell me. And I knew at, I knew at that point that um, I, I don't entertain married men. Uh, I don't want a married man because I knew the value that I placed on marriage, right? I, I want to be a wife. I've always wanted to be a wife. I saw my mom be a great wife to my dad and I I just yearned for that and I still do I'm not married yet but I know I will be pretty soon so um and I I yearned for that and I would never ever intentionally knowingly interfere with someone's marriage and I knew for me I knew that that was a sign from God it literally it was a sign from God I took it as that because God knew that I would never do that. I would never want someone to be, to engage in an affair with my husband. I would never want that. I would never want that. And I never would wish that on anyone, you know, especially if, even if they may be going through something in their marriage, I don't have that right to interfere with someone's marriage. Um, I, I just don't believe in that. But I found out that he was married. I knew it was over. He knew that I, I wouldn't do that. And, you know, he still tried to come back. I, I have to be honest. He still tried to come back. And I knew that if I wanted to be with him, I could. If I wanted to give my body to him, I could. But after that happened, you know, of course, I had to deal with hurt. I had to deal with the fact that I was going to be a single mother. I had to deal with the fact that I had to do it on my own. Um, and of course, who do you run to? I ran to God and I begin assessing myself and I'm like, you know, why? You know, that's what what happens when you put a mirror in front of yourself and you take a look at the things that you've done. You know, you don't don't point the finger all the time. He did this. She did this to me. They did this to me. No. Point the finger back at yourself and say, what could I have done better? At what point in my life could I have walked out of this this triangle? 
I had plenty opportunities to walk away from this relation, that relationship, and I chose not to. So you just think about you and what type of relationship, whether, like I said, it's not just boyfriend or girlfriend, it's a work relationship, it's a relationship with your, your parents, uh, uh, f- friends, family, it doesn't matter. Don't point the finger, stop playing the victim. Like somebody is always doing something to you. You have to remember that you're playing a part in it. And you have to assess yourself, put the mirror in front of you and ask yourself, what could you have done different? And if you were young and you there was something that you couldn't really have done, then ask yourself what you can do now to get better or to heal from what another person did to you or some, what you allowed another person to do to you. I know in some circumstances, um, it was out of our control and a lot of things may have happened when we were in our youth and you really couldn't do anything, but you don't want to, how long are you holding on to what someone did, right? Because at any point in time, we can choose to let go and we can choose to embrace this the very moment called now and realize that we're okay and that the only thing that's causing us pain is holding on to a memory that no that's no longer happening it's just a memory but we hold on so dear to that memory that we allow it to still cause us pain and that's where we have to believe in God and letting go and allowing uh, healing and restoration to take place in our lives but you know that's that's another 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 topic um but i got to the point where i stopped playing the victim and, and stopped saying he did this and he did this and i said i could have left this man at any point and i chose to stay and i asked myself i i, I was sitting in my bed and my son was next to me he was sleeping and i remember it was dark i had the lamp on and the lamp I was sitting a little bit higher than the lamp. So the lamp, the the light was kind of like on my Bible because I was reading. And I, I asked myself, I said, why did I stay so long in a relationship that was no good for me? Why did I stay so long? And the Lord downloaded into my spirit and he said, because you don't know your worth. If I knew my value and who I was, there is no way that I would allow someone to treat me so bad, right? If you knew how valuable you were, you wouldn't allow somebody, somebody to treat you so negatively. And I... I said, you know, from that day forward, I'm going to write down my standards, what I will, what I want, and I'm not going to waver from it. And that's what I did. And I I haven't looked back since. And let me tell you, don't be shy, okay? Don't be afraid to set your standards high because there are men 
who meet your standards. And what you have to understand uh, is that when you you have the choice, the possibility, the possibility is there. It's just that you haven't chosen that possibility for yourself. So you're not aware that that option is there for you. But the possibility, whether you recognize it or not, is still there. But when you recognize what you're worth and what you can have and you set your standards there, it weeds out a whole class of things. <laughs> like, <laughs> like guys will come up to me and I'm referencing guys because that's that's uh, what I typically what I'm setting, what I'm basing it off of. But you, you think about and, you know, at the same time. I need to do the same thing. I need to do the same thing for my work relationships and my friendships or because when I'm thinking about it now, if I write down the standards that I want for myself or my job, then those have to be clearly defined as well. So that's something that I learned just now. So I'm going to do that tonight. After the podcast, that's something you should do too. Write your standards for your workplace. Um, but I want to do. I'm going to do that. But don't be afraid or don't think that you're not worth it. Um, you and if you feel if you don't recognize your worth, maybe because of your past, then I strongly suggest that you you go to to God's God's word and what God has to say about you. Like, he loves us. Like, <laughs> you think about how God made you, right? He knew you before you were even in your mother's womb. He numbered the hairs on your head. He fearfully, yet wonderfully made you in his image. So you would allow someone to treat you substandard? You don't deserve that. You don't deserve it. And some people, when I tell people or about writing their standards down, some people look at me crazy. So you'll never, you'll never get that. I beg to differ. I've eliminated a whole class of men <laughs> that just will not get a chance. And now those that approach me are the ones that meet my standards. Right? Right? The man that I'm talking to now, he literally meets all of my standards. Right? And of course, no man is perfect. And like I said, there's a, a tolerance level that you can have. Like I have a tolerance level or, um, and I, I take advantage of choice. When you're in a relationship and you see that a person is treating you um, substandard, what you have written down, at that point, you have a choice to make. You have a choice to say, is this something that I'm willing to settle for? You know, is is this something that I'm okay with? 
Um, for me, I say, is this something that I could settle for if I were married to this person? Because the way that they are now is the way that they'll be when, when you get married. Don't make sure you keep that in mind. <laughs> Don't think you can change people. It's not your place to change somebody. Because if you're trying to make a man change and he say he's changing for you, you can best believe that at some point, the real him is going to show back up. Right? So a man needs to, to change for himself, not for you. Because if he changes for himself, then you don't have to keep asking him. You don't have to keep pushing him uh, to be who it is that you want, right? So that's why you have to take advantage of, of your choice. Um, so when you experience something in one of these relationships that you're not really fond of, and you, you feel some type of way, and you'll know because you that emotion, something in you will be like, hey, oh. I like this feeling let me take a step back but and another thing is that you really have to be conscious of yourself and your emotions I'm I'm very aware of my of how I'm feeling of my energy of my frequency I'm very aware of it so when I'm feeling a certain type of way when there's some resi inner resistance I address it immediately I I address it because you have to let the other person know, hey, this is bothering me, okay? I let you know this is bothering me. And then I give you an opportunity to fix it, okay? If you don't fix it, then again, I take advantage of choice, okay? One, another thing that I realized when I was, you know, in an unhealthy relationship no one forced me to stay in it. No one said that you have to make a relationship work that isn't working. <laughs> I don't have to sit and be cheated on to say that I, I tried. No. When someone treats you substandard at that point my friend you have a choice to make and let me let me tell you if he treats you or they treat you a certain way and you allow it to them you're it says that what i just did to this person is okay so you need to be careful with that if he if you find out that a person is cheating you cheating on you or if you're find out that a friend is saying something negatively about you and you don't address it to that person you you're telling them that it's okay for me to treat that person that way they're not going to say anything or if you take action but you're not consistent then it says then it, then you're saying oh they'll do this but then i know i can come back but it they, they won't be mad long you know so you have to be consistent and you have to be firm with whatever decision that you choose to make right so you have that tolerance level there you have that tolerance level but then you have to be consistent and firm with whatever choice you choose to make at that point when you realize that a person isn't treating you uh, the way that you desire to be treated but you have to know your worth 
right? You have to know who you are in God. And I know who I am. God made us. <laughs> do, you, do you guys know like how the body works? Like this is, it takes a God to create us. You know, how our brain works, the sensors in our brains that tell our hands to, to raise and to, to be lowered, that tell us to put this foot here, that lets us know when something is hot or when something is cold. You know, the way God created us is, it's magnificent. You're a magnificent being. And it's it's funny to me that I would let someone treat me substandard. Like, like, do you know who I am? You think you're going to treat me this way? But, you know, an, another thing that God brought to uh, my attention, you know, I was, you know, reading. And he showed me um, Luke. 737 it's in the bible and what caught my attention was was the title of it the title of this uh verse and it said the woman with the past and i'm like a woman with the past and i immediately thought about um the woman at the well but i know it's a different scripture so i'm like well who is this lady you know what woman are they talking about so, of, of course, I read it and I'm actually going to read it to you because I think you need to, to hear it. Or if, if I tell you to to go get your Bible, amen, to go and get your Bible, you know, some of you probably aren't going to get it. So I might as well just read it and I'll I'll read it really quickly. But this is this is what it says. OK. It says Jesus. um Jesus anointed by a sinful a sinful woman. Now I'm reading this in the NLT version, but the Bible that I was reading it in was a Joyce Myers Bible, and it was the Amplified version, right? And the the title of it was uh, the woman with the past. Yeah, it was the woman with the past, and that um, that did something to me. But here it is. Um, now, this, now, mind you, this is before Jesus is getting ready to um, be betrayed, right? It's a little bit before that. And uh, this is what happens. So it says, one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat with a certain, when a certain immoral woman from the city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her, te her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited Jesus, he said to himself, this is if this man is a prophet, he's talking about Jesus, he would know that he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Now that's funny. <laughs> oh Lord, it says then Jesus answered his thoughts. Wow. 
Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him a story. Y'all listen. He said, oh, this is just so amazing to me. It, and it just tells you. Oh, he said, this is the story, y'all. It says a man loaned. Jesus did it in parables, by the way, so that people can understand the word. Right. So a man loaned money to two people. 500 pieces of silver to, silver to one and 50 pieces of, to the other. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, right? Canceling their debts. And then Jesus asked this question. He says, who do you suppose loved Jesus more, loved him more after that, Right? So he, he, there's two people and a guy loaned one 500 pieces. Of course, that's more than the other who he loaned 50 pieces. So Simon says, um, Simon answered and he said, I suppose the one that would pretty much love him more would be the one who's canceled the largest debt. And Jesus said, that's right. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss. But from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume, rare, expensive perfume at that, y'all. And then Jesus says this, he says, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? Now, I say this to, to I, I read this because some people think because they have a past. Because they have a past that they may not see their value or their worth. So they set their standards low. No, ma'am. According to this, you're forgiven. Right? And because you're forgiven and you know the things that you've done in the past, your love for, for Jesus, for God is much greater he doesn't, he doesn't say that you're a nasty person and you shouldn't expect a person to treat you the way you feel that you, do, you deserve to be treated. He doesn't say that. He doesn't treat her by what her past reflects like Simon wanted to treat her. He didn't even want the woman to be touching Jesus because of her past. He felt like 
Jesus wouldn't let this woman touch him because of her past. And I, I just want to encourage the woman who has a past, whatever it may have been, to know that you can still find value in yourself. You can still have the same values and worth, self-worth as someone with a little past because your sins, they can be forgiven. That can be wiped away or it was wiped away when Jesus died for you. And during that time where you were experiencing those things and you know you were living in sin, grace covered you. God's grace covered you. His mercy covered you, right? God stood in the gap for you during that time. So don't think about that when you set standards for yourself, right? Because sometimes you think that I, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve better. I don't deserve great, right? And you condemn yourself because of that. But you don't have to. And I want to encourage you to, to, to still set your standards high because God didn't recognize this woman because of her past. That didn't mean anything to him because he knew that because her past was so long and so sinful that she would love him greater. Right. And God loves you so much. Don't treat yourself any different than how God would treat you. Right? You deserve the best. We all deserve the best. And we have to set those standards and determine our worth so that we can have the best. You're entitled to it. You're you're entitled to having the best. Don't settle for mediocre relationships. Don't settle for someone being mediocre in your life. You deserve more and you can have exactly what you desire because God will give us the desires of our hearts. He definitely will. But we have to to set those standards for ourselves and allow those relationships to, to form. Right? So I strongly encourage you to to get in your word Right. I, I have to go back to Jesus because he's he's done so much for me. Right. He's he restored. You know, he restored what was broken in me. I allowed someone to break me to where I didn't even love myself. And God. Is in the business of, of restoring that w- which was broken. Right? He can restore you. You can be restored. Your worth is 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 great. You're so worth it. And I I really encourage you to get into the word. If you if you don't know your worth or you don't feel like you're worth it, read what God has to say about you in the Bible. He loves you so much. Right. And maybe you, you haven't had a, a father or mother there to, to, to show you godly love. Maybe you you haven't had that. 
But God says that he'll be a father to the fatherless. And he can he can show you. He can show you what love is and what it should feel like. I mean, he already did it when Jesus died on the cross. There's no greater love than that. A man who would lay down and die for for our sins. So, um, I encourage you. I encourage you to assess yourself, to write down your standards, not just, you know, for, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, husband and wife, but also for your your work relationships, family, those relationships. And um, and another thing is, I don't know why this is on my heart. I don't know who it's for, but also for uh, your parents. Um, some of you may have broken relationships with your, your, your parents and that's caused you to devalue yourself, caused you to act out and do all kinds of things that you're maybe not proud of. Um, maybe those relationships need to be mended and maybe you need to forgive. And remember, forgiveness is not for the other person, but it's for you. There's freedom in forgiveness. When you forgive, you let go of holding on to something that happened a while ago and is no longer happening now. And when you let it go, and if it, if the person hasn't changed, if they're still the same, you're able to accept them for who they are or who they were at that time. And you move on with your life, right? And increase your value because you're so much, you're worth so much more than holding on to something that happened whether it was yesterday, last year, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, you're worth so much more than what someone did to you. You're worth so much more than that. Let it go. And no, it's not easy. No, it's not easy, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. I don't know who that was for, but I I felt like it. I needed to say it, doggone it. But I think that's it. <laughs> I don't think I have any more to say. But just know your worth. And like I said, if you don't know your worth, the Bible tells you. <laughs> God loved you so much that he gave his only son for you. Does that not tell you what you're worth? Worth's, worth is worth is the value equivalent to that of someone or something something under consideration. What you're willing to someone is willing to give up for you. Right? What is someone willing to give up for you? You what is that's how much you're worth. God gave his only son. Can you imagine that? God is so good. Amen. I'm so grateful. Uh, I'm so grateful for you guys. And I pray, I pray for your healing. I pray for your restoration. I pray for wisdom and knowledge. I pray for understanding. When you get understanding, you're able to you know, you're able to understand the position of that person, right? 
And, you know, that's that's important. So I wish y'all the best. And I look forward to next week when the Lord puts something new on my heart to share. And uh, if you have any questions or you have something to say, then you just post it. Leave me a message. Um, and we can talk about it. <laughs> All right. I love y'all. Now, um, stay sweet. Stay encouraged. Stay saved. Bye, y'all.